So this morning, let's just jump right in. We're going to start in the book of Psalms, chapter 58. We're going to do verses 10 and 11. Here's, here's what I have, have come to, to, to find out. Whenever you're sitting down and, and you're trying to, to put together a, a message or you, you try to put together something to, to communicate to people, so often you, you find yourself pinning the, the words and, or typing out the, the, the help that you had to, to lean on in times of crisis. Now everybody probably knows the, the story of my nephew and, and the story of some stuff that, that we've walked through lately. And, and I could only imagine what others are walking through this morning. But so many times we, we allow what God has brought us through to communicate and to come out of our hearts so that maybe that will help someone else. And I've been in a battle for the past little bit. And I know that, that there's others right now in this room, you're navigating a battle also. So let me share what is slowly becoming one of my favorite scriptures, um, and it's, it's, it's really kind of, of, of cool too because, you know, anybody can pick like the normal stuff, right? Um, but Psalms 58, verses 10 and 11 says this. This is David, or David penning, and, and he says, The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet with the blood of the wicked, so that men will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is a God who judges in the earth. You say, man, that's, that's pretty rough. But let's just be honest. Because there, there, there is times that we have battles. There's stuff you're navigating. There's stuff you're going through. Right now, some of us, we, we've, we've celebrated great victory in, in, in the past month, in the past year. There's others that we've, we, we've maybe feel like that we've taken a loss. But there's a lot of us, maybe if not all of us, that are in the spot where, man, we just need a win. We just need a win. And, and, and we'll stand up here and, and, and try to to be, you know, all super spiritual. There's times that I navigate something or I go through something and I've seen stuff happen to people that I love. And I would love to say that my first scripture I go to is the scripture whenever Jesus tells us to turn the other cheek. Right? Can we just be honest in the house? Huh? No. No, because there are times that we need to see God move. We need to know that something bigger is really taking care of us. And as, 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 as true as it is, we need to believe that God's vengeance will hold true. That God will truly take care of us. Amen? So let's look at victory. Let's look at battle. Let's look at victory. Here is victory defined for you. Victory is an act of defeating an enemy or opponent in battle, in a game, or in, a, or in other competition. 
That's Webster's definition of what victory is. So let me just, just real quick, let me, let me submit this to you, that the only way, obviously, to compete, the only way to have a victory is, first of all, you got to have something to fight against, right? There's no competition if it's just you. There's no victory if it's just you. Got to have a competition. The act of defeating an enemy or opponent. The act of defeating someone or something else. I'm going to say this, and you can agree to disagree. But if there's no one for you to lose to, there's really nothing for you to win. If, there, if there's nothing for you to lose to, then what do you celebrate? See, we, we celebrate salvation, right? Because death and hell was conquered. Right? That's what makes it amazing. We celebrate great victory because we're brought up against great trials. Victory has to have, somebody has to lose. And here's the great news. It's only us if we choose for it to be. Amen? We only lose because sometimes we, we get worried and we get scared and, and, and we, we, we don't really follow through or we don't trust. And I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me just slow down a little bit. Right? So here's the deal. Well, what, what's victory? This morning I asked you to pray and, and what, what, a great, what a great anointing on the worship and what a great direction. What does your victory look like this morning? What does it look like? I ask you to, 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 to find your chains, to, to think about your victory. What does it look like? I can't tell you what your victory looks like. You can't necessarily tell me what my victory looks like. We can, we can guess, but only you know. And here, here's what the Bible, in the Old Testament, victory, we, we just read Psalm, we just read Psalms 58, right? Uh, so that men will say, or I mean, he shall wash his feet. In the blood of the wicked. The Old Testament victory looked like war. It looked like battle. It was bloody and it was ugly and it was nasty. And here's the good news. In the New Testament, we find victory as, as mostly miracles and, and, and things of the Spirit. A God and the, the Holy Spirit supernaturally moving in situations. Yeah? Amen? Are you with me? Or I just lost you at the whole wash his feet and the, and the blood of the wicked thing, didn't I? <laughs> Don't focus on the wrong part of the story. Just hang with me, okay? So in the New Testament, we find that, that victories are, are miracles, right? The blind man, that was his opponent. And he received his sight. He got up and he took his bed because he had never walked before. The, the, the handicap was his opponent. And he was able to walk. He won the victory. So let's look real quick. And let's look at, at, at some of these things. And let's look at, at victory and, and opponents. And, and let's call it biblically what God calls it, right? There is right and there is wrong and it's period. That's it. The right competes against the wrong. The wrong competes against the right. And we're going to see who wins. We navigate this every day in our lives. 
in everything you walk through. Let me, let me say this. There is no such thing as doing the wrong thing for the right reason. No such thing as that. I, I, you hear that a lot. I hear that all the time. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really the wrong thing, but, but it's for, no, it's the wrong thing. It's the wrong thing. Wrong one. There's no such thing as doing the right thing for the wrong reason. You can't, there's no, you can't do, well, it's the right thing to do, and you do it. Why? Because you, you, you want some applause or, or you want some accolades. I, we are doing a study down in the youth ministry, down in the youth group, and, and one of the things that, um, that was said in the study was that most of the time, and it, it, it hit me, that most of the time we really, the good that we do, in all honesty, we sometimes do just for out of our own selfish desires. The good that we do, we do out of our own selfish desires sometimes. That's the right thing for the wrong reason. And it's wrong. And wrong wins. You with me? Amen? So let's look. Ephesians 6.12, we're not going to, uh, to bring it up. Everybody knows it, maybe. But the Bible says that we don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? We, we, don't, we don't fight against, against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and, and, and things of the air and, 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 and evil rulers in high places spiritually. So let me ask you again. What does your perfect victory look like this morning? If you could, if you could, could write it out on a piece of paper, if you could, could put pen to paper and describe what your perfect victory looks like, Whatever it is, I can tell you, and I'll be transparent with, with what my nephew has, has walked through and, and had to endure in the past months. You know, my perfect victory in that situation was that God supernaturally come in and send blood to the other side of his brain. And he leave that hospital completely whole and completely healed. That, that, you know, that's my perfect victory in that situation. That, that is, is the one thing that, that I said, you know what, God, if, if you're, this would be perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with, with laying that out before God and saying, you know what, God, you're going to move. And this, this, this is what, this is what it, it would be perfect if it looked like this. It would be perfect if, if on the, the last brain scan they did on that little baby that, that all of a sudden the, the right side of its brain was, was not gray and it was alive again. I'm going to tell you, and we're going to celebrate some victories here in a few minutes, but, but what, if, what if whenever you lay your perfect victory out before God? And before the end, if you guys don't know, uh, Trenton is home and... And I haven't told a lot of people, but, you know, they were worried about him not being able to take a pacifier. He, he, he's slowly, my sister said, for about 30 minutes, you know, he's able to, to suck on a pacifier, which is amazing. Um, but let me ask you, your perfect victory, if God was to answer your prayer, he was to speak to you, and you say, God, this is what I need. I said, God, this is, this is what we want. And he came in, and he looked at me, and he said, Jeremy, I'm going to tell you right now. That's not how it's going to happen. What would you do? Would you continue to listen? Would you continue to listen or would you just say, okay, well, fine. See, sometimes 
most of the time, our perfect victory, what we think God should do, doesn't happen. Right? And then sometimes we get aggravated. Sometimes we get mad. A lot of times we don't understand. But let me just submit this to you real quick. A win is a win. Amen? That's a good part for you guys to hear. Okay. Well, obviously, maybe we don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe you guys are. I'm going I'm to you know, go, a little, go a little old school here. Maybe you guys are like the, the, the coach from, from Mighty Ducks, right? What's the use to win if you can't win big? Maybe that you guys are there. But let me tell you where I'm at. A win is a win. It doesn't matter if you win by 400. It doesn't matter if you win by 40. It doesn't matter if you win by four. A win is a win. And I really think we need to get back to that. Because so many times we discredit the power of God because He doesn't put our victory in the perfect little box that we want it to be in. Now again, we're going to be transparent and that's and just kind of all that I know how to do and if I lose you, I'm sorry. But there was a time that we prayed. God, with this little baby, if it's better for him for you just to go ahead and take him out of this world, you take him. Let me tell you guys, that's a win. Amen? It's a win. Because a little three-month-old baby is not suffering anymore. Now, it's not the win that we want, obviously. But it's a win. He got to go home, and yeah, he's going to be injured, and, and it, you know, he could be handicapped the rest of his life. But it's a win because he's, he's there, and he's taken care of, and the, the hand of God is upon him. And I would challenge you and I would ask you this morning to apply that to your life. A win is a win. Now you may not be winning by 400 or 1,000 or it may not be a big win. But it's a win. And I believe we need to get back to where we celebrate the wins. And we look to the wins. And, and, and we really want... To win. So here's what I'm gonna here's the here's the main part of the sermon this morning. Two words. You ready? Just win. That's it. Just win. Now let me uh, let me be transparent and say that I am a huge Oakland Raiders fan. I know now there are Las Vegas Raiders. But that's not a win, in case you're wondering. Okay. Uh, but I am, I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. And, and I, there's some things that I kind of modified. But, but Al Davis and, and, and years ago, when the Raiders were good, but they wasn't good. They weren't supposed to be good, but they were good. Al Davis had a motto, and I, I didn't use the whole motto because I didn't want to, you know, say have baby up on the wall the whole time. But Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. Just win. It don't matter how ugly the win is. It don't matter how beautiful the win is. All that matters is at the end, you won. So what if this morning, what if I ask you, you know what, just win. Just win. Would you do whatever it took to win your battle? 
Would you be as embarrassed as you have to be to win your battle? Because the perfect victory is, okay, I don't have to really change anything. Right? I don't really have to, to make anything. I can just hear my victory. Nobody really knows what I'm going through. That's the perfect victory. But would you just win? Would you do whatever it took to win the battle this morning? Would you stop worrying about the hows? Would you stop worrying about how is God going to do it? How is God going to... Would you do that? And would you make your mind up and say, you know what? I'm just going to win. So I've put together a, four, a little forcep. What do you have to do to just win? Just four little things, and we're going to break them down, and we're done this morning. And you can say, man, no wonder he only gets to do it a little bit, right? Thank goodness. Four steps. Here we go. You ready? First of all, you have to be in a battle. Second, you have to show up. Because if you don't, obviously you forfeit if you think competition. Right? Two guys, you don't show up. You can't be there. Can't win if you're not there. Number three is you follow the rules of engagement. And number four is my personal favorite. You always keep a victory speech handy. If you're going to win, that's what you got to do. You got to be in the battle. You got to show up. You got to follow the rules of engagement. And you always got to keep a victory speech handy. So one more time, let me remind you, let's just win. Just win. All right, first of all, you got to be in the battle. That's self-explanatory, right? We already talked about that. You can't win if there's nothing to, if there's nothing to beat. You have to be in the battle. you got to be there. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to be there. Got to be something going on. Number two, you got to show up. You got to show up because I'm telling you right now, with the things of the Spirit and with the things of God, there is no such thing as a forfeit because the enemy is there. The enemy will be there, right? When you turn your back, when you turn around, the enemy is there. It is constantly beating and banging and sending messages and sending thoughts, whether it be, you know, questionable content in ads and in advertisements, whether it be certain types of music, whether it be certain people, there is always a battle in the enemy and whatever's going on, it is always there. And if you don't show up, you forfeit and they win and you lost before you even got started. If you get scared, you forfeit and you lose before the fight even starts. You look at Daniel in the lion's den, right? Daniel was there. He was there. He kind of, you know, had no choice to be there. He was put there, but he was still there. He had to show up. He had to be there. You know, God could have removed the thought of the men. They could have, he could have removed the desire of those guys to put him in that lion's den. Amen? Because our God is great and big and mighty and can do anything. But he chose not to. He, he, he could have took that thought and that desire out of their head. Everything would have been great. But instead, Daniel was there. He was present. He was in the lion's den. David stood in front of Goliath. Now, here's the, here's the deal. Here's what I believe. I believe my God is so big that whenever David decided, you know what, I'm going to fight, that God could have, you know, like gave Goliath a heart attack. I mean, why? It's possible. He said, you know what, David, you don't have to worry about it this. You don't have to worry about it this time. 
You know, David stands before the king and says, I will fight him. And then all of a sudden, a messenger comes in and says, guys, guess what? Goliath is dead. Absolutely, it's possible. But God decided because David was willing to show up, something amazing was going to happen. A victory was going to happen. So let's look at 2 Chronicles real quick. And I'm just going to read, I'm going to read uh, just a few verses. This is a battle, maybe some of, you, some of us, a victory that we're, maybe we're not super familiar with. It says this. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This was what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty, of this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up. Through the through the or the accent of Ziz and the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jerel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Let me tell you this. You have to show up. You got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready to walk through whatever it is you have to walk through to win. God's already promised you. If you're here and you're a child of God, He's already promised you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. He's already promised you that. He's already promised you that the Spirit goes before you, right? He's already promised you that a path has been prepared. So when it's time for a battle, here's what you have to do. you still got to move. There's stuff you have to do. You're here and you're struggling financially. I'm telling you, you got to do something. Now, can God send a check? Absolutely. You're here and you're struggling in your marriage. I'm going to tell you right now, can God change hearts and heal? Absolutely he can. But more than often than not, there is something you have to do. you got to move. you got to get on the armor. Whatever you have to, however the, the fight looks like, you got to put on, you got to get in formation, you got to march on the enemy, and you got to be ready. And then you got to trust God. So let's look at the rules of engagement real quick. It says this the first rule of engagement, here's the first rule of any fight that I've ever been in. The first rule of fight, of a real fight, is there is no rules. Right? Listen, I, I, I've, I wasn't always this nice, presentable person that I am today. And I ain't going to lie, sometimes, I, we're just being honest, sometimes if you ever go to the basketball game, I've done better because I'm running the stuff for the, I'm running the video and they can hear me and everybody in the world can hear me. Uh, I have messed up a few times and allowed the old me to get aggravated. But here's what I know. Back in my day, there was no rules to a fight. I've been in a few fights, believe it or not. Way a long time ago, not like recently. Uh, in case you're wondering, in case pastors listen, you know, no fights lately. But here's what I know. There ain't no rules in a fight. Yeah? You do what you have to do to not lose. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no winner in a lot of that stuff, Right? There's no winner in, in people. 
but you do what you have to do not to lose. You do what you have to do not to lose. But if, if, we, if we're going to look, not, not people fighting against each other, but, but look at, at spiritual and, and look at the, the, the guidelines and the, the rules of engagement that us as followers of Christ have, here's what I will tell you. Two things, maybe three. First of all, have faith. Yeah? You may or you may not have. If you have, I'm going to say right now in this moment, if you want to walk down here, there will be somebody come and pray with you. And you can give your heart to Christ. And you can have faith. And you can have that promise spoke over your life by the God of the heavens that tells you, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. There is no situation too big for me to handle. If you want that, you don't have to wait on me. You can do that and there will people come and they will pray with you. But if you're here and you've accepted Christ and you are a child of God, let me tell you, have faith. If you have enough faith, to walk down to an altar somewhere, bow your heart, and ask God to come in there, and you believe that He saved you, then believe Him when He tells you He has you. Believe Him when He tells you that He values you over any bird or any plant or anything in this world. Believe Him when He tells you you are the apple of His eye. If you have faith to accept Him, have faith to believe Him. Have faith to trust Him that He is with you always. Even to the ends of the earth. No matter what happens. When everything else falls down. He is with you. Have faith. The next one. Be obedient. Now this is the scary one right? Because God says do this. And sometimes we're like. Uh, I don't really know about that God. You know do, do what? You guys. Anybody ever ask God? I mean I have. Anybody ever ask God when, when God says. Okay this, you really want do this. And you say. Do what? You gotta be obedient. You gotta be obedient. You gotta have faith. You gotta be obedient. If we're gonna follow the rules that God has set before us, have faith, be obedient, and then here's the hardest one be still and know. See, we, we, we're, we've been forced into thinking that we can't win. Unless we have to do something. Right? Man, I, I, it, I, it, just, it doesn't feel like a victory if, 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 if I'm not you know, in there doing something. But I'm telling you, I'm, there's times you have to be still and know that He is God. There's times you have to just be still and understand, you know what? There's nothing I can do. But know but trust that He is God. If you look at Second Chronicles, and you look at the, the, the account there, there was one man, a nation is, is praying for relief. A nation is, is praying for, for God to move. And one man, a nation prayed, one man, Jehazel, heard God. And what you read and what we read in 15 through 17 was his account. That thus saith the Lord. Go, get ready, march, stand, but the God will, God will fight this battle for you. Go, get ready, present yourself on the battlefield, and watch what God will do. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are you willing to present yourself in front of your enemy and be still and know that the God that is fighting your battle for you has already won it? Set the trusting. 
If you look at Daniel, when he, when he, he didn't fight, the Bible doesn't tell us of him resisting, or, or the Bible doesn't tell us of him, uh, of him arguing or trying to talk people out of it. The Bible says that he went to the lion's den, and there he sat. I guess we don't really know what he did, because they didn't have fancy cameras back then that you could put in stuff. So all we know is he was dropped in, and a den was covered. And the next morning it was reopened and Daniel was still there. Sometimes you just have to be still. Understand it's out of your hands and it's out of your grasp. And, and, and you can't win by yourself. And you just got to be still. You look at David as he stood before the, the giant Goliath. And he stood... He heard God. He knew he was doing what he was supposed to do. He knew where he was supposed to be. And he trusted God. And when the giant shouted insults at him, he stood. And he was still. And he waited. And then he allowed God to strike. Then here's my favorite one. Can you just put yourself real quick in the, in the shoes of Joshua and, 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 and Israel as they walked around Jericho? You guys know the story of Jericho, right? The story of Jericho. When, when, when they, they walked for seven days on the seventh day, or for six days on the seventh day, they walked seven times. And then at the end of the seventh time, they, they have a great shout and everybody together yells and God has promised, do this and these walls will fall. And you will go in and you'll win this victory. Could you imagine being there? Because this is where we learn to be still and know that God will work. Be still and know. Because Joshua, they, they walked and they walked. And the Bible says that, that when they shouted and when they were obedient, that the walls fell and they went in and, and they conquered Jericho. But can I, so, so just real quick, can I just ask you to, to think about Maybe just, man, I don't know, the Bible don't say this, so maybe just maybe on the last day, on the last trip, everybody was, was coming up to the last steps. I'm sure they had a, a marker where they knew to stop, and they were on their way, and everybody was, was starting to, to fill their lungs with, with, with air and with breath, ready to, to make a, a, the great shout, and, and they all stop, and they blow the horns. And everybody shouts and, and screams at the wall together in unison. And then after, after everybody screams as long as they can and they're out of breath. And then nothing happens. And they're waiting. See, here, here's the difference between us and them, right? They didn't doubt. I, I believe with my whole heart that they didn't doubt. That they, they had their swords... And they were waiting. They, they did exactly what God said. And in their heart, they said, you know what? It's going to fall. It's going to fall. It's going to happen. And they were ready. They were ready to move. And maybe it was one minute that felt like an hour. Maybe it was this. I don't know. But I like to believe that, that those people who were obedient to God stood there and they waited. And the wall didn't fall immediately. Because so many times in our lives, right? It don't happen immediately. 
But we do what God says and we sit there and we wait. And we say, you know what, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, a faint, a faint noise of a pebble, right, starts to, starts to trickle down a wall. And it gets louder and it gets louder. And then the wall falls. What if that's how it is in your life? What if right now your perfect victory is, is, is not necessarily going to happen? But what if you got to stand before that wall and you do everything God told you to do and you just got to trust that it's going to fall? You got to trust that it's going to break. You got to trust that the chains are going to fall off. You say they're, they're, they're not falling yet. You know what? You stand there and you look at them and you say, God, you promised me. You say, God, I know that you can. You worship and you know. Exodus 17, 18 through 16, where and Moses, you know, everybody thinks of Exodus as, as the book of the Bible where Israel made their Exodus. But there's also some battles in there. There's some victories that was won. There was a victory. Moses is standing over a field with, with Aaron and her, and, and Joshua is leading a great army. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that while Moses stood on the mountain and overlooked the valley, he held his staff in the air. And when his arms would get tired and he would drop his staff, he would drop his, his arms, the, the enemy would start to win. And then Moses would lift his hands again and, and Joshua and Israel would, would start to overtake the enemy. I'm telling you right now, guys, worship and know. Come on, Pastor Tony. Worship and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Worship and know that he is God. Marriages in the house, worship and know that he is God. You got, you got children that, that are, are separated from God, worship and know that he is God. You got sickness in your family, worship. You know that's the key. That's who led the march around Jericho, right? That's who went when they brought the ark back in. That's who was in the front and in the back was worship. The Bible tells us in Exodus that, that Moses, he would, he would stand and, and his arms got so tired and, and he couldn't. But you know what was at risk? Was all the people, all of Israel was at risk. He had to worship. He couldn't put his hands down. So here's what happened. Aaron and her, they found him a rock and he sat, they sat him down. And then Aaron on one hand and her on the other hand. said, you know what, Moses, let us help you. So the Bible tells us that two of, two of his men held his hands up for the sake of thousands. You want to win this morning? You got to worship. You have to worship him. You may have to worship him so long that you don't think you can worship him anymore. Maybe your battle is so strong and, and you're so hurt, you say, I can't do it anymore. That's where we come in, church. That's why we stand beside people and we hold their hands for them. That's why, husband, you hold your wife's hands when they're, when, when they're praying for your children. Husband, wife, you, 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 you hold your hands up. You, you support each other. Elders, you support our pastor. 
Parents, you support your children. Because there's some battles. Some battles. You've tried it. And you cannot do it by yourself. And here's the last one. Watch. And know. Watch and know that He is God. Watch and see what happens when we're obedient. Watch and see what happens whenever we worship. Watch and see what happens whenever we say, you know what, God, you've promised this. It's yours. Watch and see. If you will, let's all stand to our feet. I promised you my favorite one, and this is it. You're here this morning. You have chains that that need broken. You have a victory that needs to be won. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Hopefully, you have it with you. You need to keep your victory speech handy. For two reasons. First of all, if you don't have a victory speech prepared, you don't plan on winning. It's that simple. Keep your victory speech handy. Be ready to tell people how awesome and how strong and what God has brought you through. Because I'm telling you right now, you don't think you're going to win, you're not going to have anything prepared. Go into the situation ready to say, you know what, God, when you do this, here's what I'm going to say. You know what, God, when you bring my family back, here's what I'm going to tell everybody. Never be ashamed of the victories God has placed in your life. Never be ashamed of those. And here's the last one. All good speeches, all good victory speeches, they contain two words. But God. It's a whole different sermon. I would spend there all day. We ain't going to. But they contain but God. Let me speak for my life. I was broken and I was busted and I was a terrible teenager. But God saw my face. And He put pieces of me that was broken back together again. But God. But God. My parents was lost. But God had another plan. We got a phone call shortly after we were married. They went to church with my sister and gave their hearts to God. But God. The enemy tried to kill my nephew. But God had another plan. So I'm going to ask you this morning. The first and most important thing, if you're here and you haven't gave your heart to Christ, I'm telling you right now, He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. So much that He made a way for you to win. But apart from Him and apart from His power, it's not going to happen. If you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to ask you to to make your way to this altar with everybody else in a moment.
And when you get here, I'm going to ask you just to simply speak to God and say, God, I believe. I believe you sent Jesus. I believe he died. I believe he was resurrected so that I could be free. I'm going to ask you. If you're here and you're a child of God, I'm going to ask you right now, if, do you need a victory? If you need a victory this morning, if you need a win, a win is a win. If you need a win this morning, I'm going to ask you to make your way to this altar. And we're going to pray. But here's what I want you to do. If you want to come, you're going to come down. I want you to get here. You pray and you know that he is God. You pray and you believe that he's going to move. You worship when you get here. And you worship him because he is God. And you worship and know that he is going to, that he is going to win. That you are going to win. And then you watch. You watch for it. It may not happen here. Let me be honest. It may not happen here. But I believe we can put things in motion this morning that leads to a victory in your life. And then I'm telling you right now, do not leave this altar until you're ready with your victory speech. Don't leave this altar until you know, you know what, God, you're going to move. And when you move, this is what I'm going to say. Let's all bow. Mighty Father, right now, Lord, I pray that you will show us, God, the battles we're in. Convince us right now, Lord, that we can have that victory. Speak to us right now, God, and let us know that, that we can have that victory. And then, God, as we believe that, my prayer is that you will give us the courage to come down and stand in an altar as a way to tell this congregation to ask us for prayer, to, to, to tell you, God, that I believe you and I'm going to win no matter what. Move right now. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Do you need a win this morning?